Welcome to the Renewed Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi, Em. Hello. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired today. <laughs> I'll be honest. We don't really talk about that too, too much on the podcast, but <laughs> today is one of those days. Actually, it's been a couple of days that the struggle bus has been real. Yeah. I um, am riding behind you in the next seat. I was wondering. On the bus. I was wondering. Yeah. Did you did you work last night? Um, I did not work last night, okay. but um, yeah, it's been hard catching back up on the night shift uh grind on yeah. my days off. So yeah, I feel you on that. And listeners that are tuning in know that if you are too on the struggle bus, we feel you. Yeah, we'll scooch over. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll save you a seat. Over we will here. save you a seat. <laughs> That's um, right. I mean, I think life is always a bit of a balancing act, and mm-hmm. probably for you, especially with baby Gray, like you're now coming home from night shift and having a whole different world of responsibility that didn't exist previously when it was just you and Adam. Yeah, it's funny you say that it's a bit of a balancing act because I feel like the last couple of times that I've gone to Jesus um, within the last 24 hours, 48 maybe, every single time I just feel him like softly put on my heart balance. And Aww. yeah, so it's funny you say that because I think that is definitely at the heart, like the top of my heartstrings right now because um, I think that is life. And yeah. So yeah. balance is key. Listen, caffeine intake, balance. Sleep, yes. balance. Working out, balance. Like, yes. All of the things, give yourself grace, you know, grace in having balance there as well as like persistence in pushing yourself and being disciplined and being, um, yeah, just everything. So balance, yeah. baby. Yes. Everyone listening. Yeah. I hear that. I feel that. And I think also um, my sister and I, we're just talking about seasons as well. And Em, you and I talk about this a lot. Like I'm a, I'm a huge seasons girl, meaning that life doesn't always look the same. So what was working for you or what was balanced for you previously might not be any longer what works. Yeah. And so like my, my sister was talking that she was headed to the gym and she just started taking bar classes. I've been taking bar for the last three years and I absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Like managed to squeeze in. And I'm not, I'm not a gym girl like you are, M. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not an athlete at heart, but you know, managing to get myself there for three years, like two to three times a week ish. Um, and all of a sudden I'm in this season that like, it's just not happening. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it can't happen. The thought of it happening makes me like want to cry in some ways mm-hmm. just because like I literally don't have the space for it, mm-hmm. but Oh, don't anybody worry. Cause I'm still running my booty off. So mm-hmm. your, your girl's getting plenty of like cardio and all the things. <laughs> and so my sister and I were just saying that like, it's, it's just a season, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure yeah. I'll go back to the gym. And so what you're saying, and like, even for everybody else, um, if right now balance means that you had to cut something out mm-hmm. that you maybe previously were like intentionally making room for, that might not necessarily be a bad thing. And that might not actually signal that you are lacking balance. Right. Right. Yeah. Amen to that. I'm a, I'm with you on being a big seasons girl. And I think it can become part of our, like uh, become part of our Christianese, uh, like cultural lingo, 
And I don't think it's a bad one at that. Um, I think we commonly can use that word, you know, oh, well, in this season, but yeah. like, whether you're a believer or not, it's true. And yeah. um yeah, life throws different things at us all the time. And so accepting the different seasons, I think, is huge, which actually gets us into our segue, I think. I mean, okay, my last segue <laughs> was not the best. So I'm going to try to redeem myself. Can't guarantee anything here, guys. Um, go <laughs> Meg's, our, Meg's go our segue girl, but you got um, it. I'm going to try to co-pilot here. So talking about seasons and us you know, um, having grace with ourselves and finding balance. I think that also speaks on behalf of our communication. Mm. And I think that a lot of times our communication can wax and wean in seasons as well. Mm. Whether we are feeling like we're thriving in our communication with our um, peers or family or friends or whether we feel like maybe we aren't communicating well and we're just too poured from and running too thin and so we're not communicating well and so we feel, feel like we're in this constant like fight or flight response and our cortisol levels are probably through the roof. <laughs> I just think that having grace with ourselves wherever we're at in our communication, whether that is in your home or in your workplace, um, rerouting and regrounding and doing some legwork to figure out why maybe we're thriving in our communication or we're not thriving in our communication. There's just never a bad time to do that. So today we want to talk a little bit about communication. We have definitely talked about this in the past in a therapeutic sense or in a, um, what's the terminology Meg that we discussed on a prior podcast, um, of communicating, not therapeutic communication, but, Oh golly! I Words are hard today. Test. You know. Oh, test. I know. I'm so sorry. We both didn't prepare for this. We both need our caffeine. Um, but it was we talked about like, oh my gosh, it's a c word. I'm like really thinking it's a c word. We're gonna reroute. But um, just I guess what sparked this interest for me when Meg and I were talking about what do we want to talk about this week on the podcast? Um, being back in the trenches of working. And I will say trenches because I do think the healthcare, not just nursing, but healthcare Western world of medicine right now and internationally, but, you know, speaking on behalf of the Western world is just really placing band-aids and running away um, Mm. is a lot of what it feels like. And maybe not in all facets of nursing or healthcare, um, but I think in the acute care setting that could probably be handed off the baton to just about any um, unit or person in some regard. So with that, communication yeah. can either help or hurt us. Yeah. And we can come home from a really bad shift. And if we had good communication with our colleagues and our patients, there could probably still be some accomplishments pulled from that. But yeah. on the opposite end of the coin, I think a bad shift or a good shift can both be termed bad if our communication and relationships in the midst of all of that were coined negatively. Mm. And so I think um, scripturally we're told of all of these qualities and ways in which we should communicate. And even on the um, 
you know, your PubMed searches, as I have done for communication skills and the educational evidence-based piece of communication, it's very, very evidently not able to be found. Like when you look up the articles of communication and the education that it takes to incorporate good communication in the workplace, in the healthcare field, Mm. it's funny because majority of articles that I've looked at, I think it's like eight to 10 that I looked at just over the past like hour and a half. And none of them really come to an end conclusion Mm. of here's how to do it well. Yeah. And, and more research needs to be done to find this. And not enough literature supports this in systemic reviews. Mm -hmm. And so I blabber um, to say communication's hard. And our job in the healthcare world is, and in life, is handling and not dealing with, but lack of better terms, dealing with other people. Yeah. So, Meg, I will ask you another question, not to put you on the spot, but what, when it comes to mind of communication, what do you think, um, what's the first thing that comes to mind of being a barrier to good communication? So I think it's, first of all, you weren't blabbering. Um, we're really happy to hear your voice. So <laughs> just say goodbye to that negative thought in your head. Anyway, um, I think it's the second segue, um, which is about balance. Mm, so for yeah. me, I communicate more effectively and I'm in a better space to be able to receive a real conversation and maybe some hard language or truths um if I'm better balanced Mm. so I think that when we're talking about like the world sort of reeling and not being in a especially healthy place a lot of people are angry a lot of people are frustrated when you take this into our profession um it just doubles down immediately right like we're emotionally charged because Mm. we're dealing with families you know, parents, whatever of loved ones that are ill. So they are, especially in a critical care setting or a pediatric setting or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Honestly, honestly, it doesn't matter like how somewhat benign the situation is that we know that it's totally not a big deal as a healthcare professional. Somebody on the other end who is not used to being within the system and it's all Greek to them, it's totally overwhelming. And so of course, we're always going to kind of deal with dysregulated individuals. Um, But what we need to do is, in my opinion, is to not be dysregulated ourselves. So -hmm. when I walk into a conversation and I am already regulated, you can say whatever you need to say. Mm -hmm. And I can hold that space for you because you're not kicking the chair out from underneath me emotionally. Mm -hmm. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so I think that that's where we have, for me, have to start, whether it's coworker to coworker, Um, whether it's nurses to executives, whether it is um, us talking to our patients or, you know, because I I really just think like that changes our perspective. When I am regulated, I can hold grace for you. Mm -hmm. I can think the best of you. I can change the narrative to say, wow, you must be having like a really bad day. And so I don't have to come back at you defensively. I can literally choose to respond and not be reactive, not add gasoline to the fire if it's Mm -hmm. a really hard or heavy conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think two regulated people having 
a hard conversation. Uh, Good things can happen. Yeah, it can be very successful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think when I had come, you know, talk with you about this with communication in the past, I always remember you, Meg, as saying, like, I think one of the first and best steps is listening. And I think that's huge um, with what you're saying and just with moving forward. I also want to say to our listeners, here's why we care. First off, there's multiple books and there is lots of literature seeking the answers to good communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to say, I'm just going to ramble. What I, Okay. I know you said negative talk, but positively yes. ramble here yeah. on just some quick, like first glance literature that I found for good communication, because I think listening and being regulated and those things are best accomplished and succeeded if you like you're saying like being regulated is like being grounded right yeah and I think being at the foot of our father is a great way to do that so um quick quick verses James 119 know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger Mm. Ephesians 429 do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth or sorry (laughs) reverse do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen Proverbs 1813 says to answer before listening that is folly and shame folly sorry Proverbs 182 Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And the list goes on and on. And I think that um, so many of these verses just bring it right back to what you're saying, Meg, of listening and being regulated and balance. Yeah. Um, there's also a um, article that I found that's um, just awesome. Let me actually read you the title. Um, it's the Journal of Medicine and Life, and it's called Interpersonal Communication in Healthcare is the article title. Mm. And um, it actually says, let me find what I was looking for here. So it says, communication in the medical act is an active process of transmission and reception of information. And at least one of the partners of communication must have active listening skills, understanding of the message, and answering some questions for interpretation of nonverbal language, Mm -hmm. motivating the speaker to support the conversation. And so I just want to be able to intertwine a little bit of our scripture with literature and then like what we would say is our clinical practice, right. As nurses and applying that evidence-based, um, yeah. To what we do. Um, because I think we relate, Oh, communication. Yeah. 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 Like all the online education or the in-person, um, onboarding processes of new jobs may include some kind of communication. And I think we can so easily brush it to the wayside. Mm. Um, but there's in our spiritual, life in our vocation in our occupational life um there continues to be an importance of how we communicate yeah um and so i was with a friend today at coffee and i don't know if she'll listen to this she might um but we were talking a little bit about this topic and with her background she actually said to me um you know it's funny because anger is actually one of the biggest blocker or anger is one of the biggest like issues within communication and conflict. Mm. And then she said to me, one of the 
biggest reasons for anger arising is a block in the ability to complete a goal. Mm. And that really spoke to me because I think in the world of healthcare, we are all, for the most part, generalizing here, very driven individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think when when you you know would go back to the root cause of any kind of conflict between interdisciplinary teams, whether nurse to nurse, nurse to physician, nurse to patient, um, the root is probably the root of anger and conflict probably stems from the inability to complete a goal, mm-hmm. whether on the macro or micro level, you know, we join healthcare to be able to complete the overall tr- overarching goal on a macro level of helping others. Right. Right. So that goal in our current broken system is constantly being blockaded for sure. Right. And we are, we can't finish what we want to. The task at hand just feels like we're applying these band-aids, like I mentioned before. And then on the micro level, we are constantly desiring different things. Like if I go into my shift and my goal is just get through the shift, just get through the shift, my conversations will probably look way different than if my goal is touch the lives in front of me or better the lives in front of me for that shift. Yeah. Um, I just think that our goals really affect how we go about every little thing we do. And so when those goals are being stopped in their tracks, it's so hard to communicate effectively. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. And I think you and I have also talked about both of us being justice fighters. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is that we have to also hold loosely in some regards that there are multiple different perspectives that come into a conversation. Yes. And so and goals will, and goals. But some of those goals have arrived because of a perspective. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us went into nursing for a specific reason. Mm. whether it's the justice fighter, whether it's because we had a loved one that was sick at one point in time. And so we decided, Oh, when we grow up, we want to become a nurse. Right. And so if that's your perspective, you know, all of a sudden somebody might be also fighting for an individual or on behalf of an individual or in their patient um, a little bit differently because it's actually triggering maybe even unbeknownst to them when this was mom and they were seven years old and they couldn't Mm. do anything about it. Yeah. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of blanks to fill in. And I think too, that like when you start understanding that, like what are people's objectives? Um, There's a really great book called the anatomy of peace. Mm, And yes. And this is about um, conflict. Like how do we actually arrive at peace for Iraq and Iran? like for big Mm. issues in this world, right? Like we can barely do it at a micro level, which is basically just person to person, one person to another person. How in the world are we going to do it from government to government or country to country? And the reality was that if we can start really seeing people and continuing to hold um, that they are a person with the same, with goals and objectives as well, instead of just a problem to overcome. Like, mm-hmm. I think we sometimes look at that doctor or that coworker and we're like, all right, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. And yeah. you're not helping me to accomplish and how you're not even like seeing what I want to accomplish. 
And then all of a sudden, like you kind of said, um, they're just sort of standing in our way. Mm. And so how do we kind of come alongside one another and not say you're in my way, but like, what is, what is their end goal? Well, most of us in healthcare are still good natured people. Yeah. Even there's a book out there um, called love and respect. It's for married couples. And the very opening of the book says before you even dive into giving love and respect, you have to come from a basic understanding that in this situation, your spouse is a good willed individual. Mm. Like you probably didn't marry a Cretan. If you're in a, an abusive <laughs> marriage or something like that, obviously you did marry a Cretan, but mm-hmm. um, actually you probably didn't. They're just struggling too. They have some very lost like inner child, but mm-hmm. If you really married somebody who overall their intention is that they love you, they're doing their level best, whatever that looks like, then you have to just start with this basic assumption that this person is a good natured individual. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we apply that as well to anybody in our conversations, whether that's the cashier, whether that's the guy who's like driving like an idiot behind us, right? (laughs) If we can just hold the reactions and not just be like what is wrong with you but Mm -hmm. instead can be like wow you're probably a good natured uh individual 99 percent of people are you must just be having a really rough day yeah and like honestly i just feel sad for you like i'm I'm really sorry that that's the kind of day that you're having Mm -hmm. and again now we don't have to even own it personally yeah um yeah and the other thing is I think this actually might be what you were trying to get at. Was it closed loop communication? Was that, mm, the, was that no, the C? No, oh, no, okay. no. But we know how to communicate very effectively in codes, which is to repeat back what somebody has said, right? If you're going to give Epi one milligram, after you drop your Epi, you say to the code team, Epi one milligram has been given. Done, right? So it's closed loop communication. It doesn't leave anybody wondering what was actually said or what action was done. We're not like, well, obviously you knew that I gave it right. We were, we're just like super calm and collected. And we're just like, Hey, that med has been given, you know? And so I think that that's the other really helpful part for me. And I work on this all the time, but I have found more things go off course because of what somebody thought you said that you didn't say due to those perspectives, due to how they actually like, filtered it yeah filtered a conversation and so now they're like well yeah I thought that you said that you uh like I don't know weren't gonna switch that day with me because x y and z and you're like no 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 no. I'm really sorry that that's like how you heard it but that's not what I meant at all what I meant was do you know what I'm saying like yeah a lot of times that happens and then we walk off with hurt feelings and we don't circle back and give that person the benefit of the doubt yeah yeah and I think um we as fleshly humans um, have this bad tendency to also assume. And so I think with what you're saying, Meg, too, one time I heard it said that sometimes, whether in marriage, whether in friendships, um, whether with your coworkers or who, that sometimes with that um, that trait that we do of, of assuming, it is even best to squash cards that are no longer on the table before they're able to be assumed and so um say example wise um obviously meg knows i talk with her about this and i will also um let you guys know the story in a hot sec but um if it's a nurse with a provider in the acute care setting 
Um, sometimes squashing, like, hey, I am not talking about this, this, or this. I'm talking about this task at hand. And even say with my husband, you know, hey, this is the current conflict. I'm not saying you're bad at this, this, or this. I'm not talking about this, this, or this. What I am talking about is this right now, like the issue at hand. And so I think so often we generalize, well, they said this. So that means they're talking about all of this stuff that they're also saying I'm bad at, which then opens a whole other can of worms. And sometimes we really are just trying to get to the root of the the story of the current issue and trying to find resolvement. And I think when we're hurt or when we have anger fuming inside of us, um, a lot of other spirals pop into our head that are can be wrongly assumed. Um, and so I debated if I wanted to share my story, Meg, but I think I do just want to share the story that you and I talked about this week, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so friends, why this topic came up and was heavy on our heart was I had an interaction, um, with a provider at my current facility where, um, I was dealing with a pretty sick pup. So I had gotten report and, um, his heart rate, older gentleman in his 90s, had a bunch of other comorbidities, um, and like many Band-Aids, we were trying to discharge him the following day. His heart rate was jumping into the one, 160s to 180s um, without intervention, would come down on its own and wouldn't sustain um, for more than a minute. However, um, when you're coming on and that's what your patient is doing, obviously you're like, oh, great, like, no bueno. So um, even if the nurse does report it's been happening all day. We all know that sometimes we just say things. I do not, but I know that it's been done before where people will just say things to make you feel better about your oncoming, um, patients. Does that make sense? (laughs) So they just say, so like, I have heard things like, Oh, the doctor's aware or the doctor's not aware. You mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's not okay, guys. No, it's not okay at all. And, um, I have heard that and I have, been a recipient of that multiple times therefore what a safe lesson here is to never assume that those things are true um when they say this has been happening all day but it's not recorded never assume that the providers are aware um is the is the story here so i did not want to assume as such even though i had gotten that in report um because i have trust issues y'all and (laughs) um so i did let the uh, the night shift provider know and it was very anxious for a first year resident to hear such things. Um, So long story short, this resident came up and I had been dealing with another issue at the time. I had assessed this patient first. I had gone in and done a 30 minute, like full blown assessment, vitals, all the things. Um, My five other patients were, you know, on hold. Like I was doing the task at hand and prioritizing. Right. So the provider said she was going to come to bedside had not come up in that time where I was in the room, but I was then in a contact room dealing with another issue um, when she had come up and wanted me to immediately be giving a medication for um, his heart rate, which was currently in the 120s, 130s um, and jumping from 90s to that. So um, I did not get out at the time right off the bat. And then I had to deal with narcotic waste issue right when I had stepped outside of the room. So she had come and found me at the Omni cell and was just standing there staring at me, y'all. So Emily, trying to talk herself down off a ledge, did call this provider honey. Guys, don't call don't call people honey. People don't like it nowadays. I actually researched that, Meg, um, why people don't like to be called honey. They, well, they think that you're talking down to them. Yes. Why? And that's so sad because if you like actually look up like the background of honey and like what it actually means, like it means like a loving 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's supposed to be used and we have culturally shifted this term. So yeah, note true. to self. Note to um, self. But called her honey. She did not like that and um, told her I will give this medication as soon as I possibly can. Right. Um, she said, do not call me honey ever again and stormed off the unit. And I never saw her again. Okay. Um, sh- the same provider also wanted me to push an unsafe amount of medication later on in the shift. And so there was just a lot of question with um, her knowledge and our rapport. So this has since been pushed up the chain and she actually had reported me for being neglectful and not doing her orders because of her skin color. And guys, let me tell you, that was never on my mind. That was never a thought. Um, But just trying to get through my shift. Perspective. Her perspective would be very different. Like even though that was no, uh, like not even a thought in your mind, she probably has been on yes. the other end of somebody who a hundred percent was pulling like a racist hurt, you know, and has a prior hurt. Statement. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. right. So needless to say, this has been escalated in multiple facets and I've had, ha- I've had to have multiple conversations and no one really was in the wrong. Um, I think there was just a lot of misunderstanding. Um, and so hence why communication has just been heavy on my heart. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of chat about it because I don't think that this is the um, outlier of what's happening. Um, not when in, in terms of, I just mean in poor communication on both ends yeah. of the spectrum with everything. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Thank yes. you for being brave enough to share that. Cause sometimes those, I think we all have those really hard nursing stories and yeah. it's not always easy to want to say, Hey, here's like kind of what I'm in the midst of. So thank you, Em. Of course. And I know it's kind of a longer story, but I just wanted to share. I could totally even tell you even more of the crooks and crannies of it, but I won't. I just wanted to say that the one part of the article says in literature, it is mentioned that the listening, explaining, empathizing skills of the clinician can have a profound effect on the patient's health status and functioning, as well as on their satisfaction regarding healthcare and in the medical establishment. And so Investing in good communication skills is not only going to benefit us and our day and our hour and minute basis, but it's going to affect our patients in a positive manner too. And so um, just super wanted to encourage all our listeners that, yeah, there's no perfect way to do it, but I Mm -hmm. think the, the good foundations can be found in the truth and our book of the Bible. And so yeah, um, even just regrounding ourselves and rebalancing ourselves, finding time in that. Um, just want to encourage that today to y'all. I love that. Em. I think that the rest goes a long way as well, because obviously when we're overextended and we're feeling hormonal or tired or emotional, mm, all like the things struggle bus will be, you know, full so full circle here like the struggle bus will absolutely uh keep picking you up and so it's hard to have effective and healthy communication if you are coming out of a place that you're just not doing okay so yeah yeah definitely get the time away take your vacation days um breathe a little and yeah um, and rest in that you're not alone if you are struggling in any yeah. regards of what we talked about so yeah I want to close with one other um, scripture that I read love it uh Galatians 
We will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. And I just really love when um, it's saying we have far more interesting things to do with our lives. So the times that you get it wrong, don't beat yourself up. You are no better or no worse than somebody else. And use that as um, a stepping stone to doing better next time. And maybe doing a deep dive into yourself and saying like, hey, why did I react that strongly? Or why did that like kind of trigger something in me? Like, what is that all about? But don't live there. Don't live there in the negative space. Like we have more interesting and important work to be done. Loving others is way more important work than beating up on ourselves. Yes. Amen to that, sister. Yay. All right, guys. Have a great week and have good, healthy, and effective communication. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.